Amen. I know that we have seen a lot. And while I'm on the subject, as Christians, we're never happy if babies die. Can I get a good amen? And even though they may not support the view of the Christian, we do not glory in those things. We, in fact, I prayed for John Legend and his wife this week. And I prayed for the comfort of the Holy Spirit to be surrounding them. These, we cannot be an army that kills our wounded. Right? When Jesus instructs us to pray, and, and even if they're, they seem like our enemies, we are to pray for them. I got three amens. All right. That was awesome, awesome, awesome. But that's what the Word says, and I want to do what the Word says. And that's why, I mean, I, I prayed for Nancy Pelosi this week. I, I prayed for all of them. I said, God, just direct them, keep them safe. Okay, I'm going to move on because <laughs> politics comes from two words. Politics. Poly meaning many, ticks mean You never, never mind. I don't joke. It's an old joke. Hey, if you're a first-time guest, uh, my name's Pastor Jeff. Please don't hold offense to me today. There's a connection card and we'd love to have you fill this out and we have a gift for you. We don't want to bother you, but would love to send you an email of thanks for visiting with us today. Uh, I, I want to start a new series today and uh, there have been 200 churches that have said that they would join in this series and this series was supposed to happen in uh, the month of March around Easter but when COVID hit, a lot of churches felt like this was not the best timing. And so they said, we'll do it when it fits uh, in, you know, in your spiritual realm of your church. And um, I really, really have fallen in love with this book, Imagine Heaven. It's by John Burke. He's actually uh, the pastor of Gateway Church in Austin, Texas. And he started that work there, I believe. And this book has made me so excited about heaven. Like never before. I mean, uh, in my old days when I was young, we used to sing about heaven all the time. I'm ready to sing about some, heaven some more. And uh, what I love about this book is that, you know, the Bible says that in each and every one of us, we, we have this eternity that's in our souls. And this book is all about what has happened to individuals who had died, flatlined, um, went into either heaven or hell, and they came back to life on an operating table, perhaps, or they're in a wrecked car, whatever the case may be, and they gave their account of what they saw. And we don't just want to talk about the things that they saw, but we want to know what the Scripture has to say about the things that they saw as well. And we want to back everything that we say and do by the Word of God. So I want you to do yourself a favor, go to Amazon and buy this book and read it. Well, first of all, make sure you read this book, okay? That's number one. But number two, uh, get this book. I think I saw it for $3 on Amazon, a used one. And what I love is what he's done. He compares over 100 stories of near-death experiences, and then he goes on to share what the Scripture... And I'm going to tell you, the Scriptures will jump out to you as never before. And uh, what I love about this, it'll change the way you live on earth. 
when you begin to realize about heaven and about our loved ones who are there. And yes, Marsha Holt, there was one account. Their dog, who had died nine years ago, was in... We, we tease her all the time because she said, I don't care what you say, my dogs are in heaven. I said, okay. They're actually, the Bible speaks about animals that are in paradise. And so we, we, we want to see what the scripture has to say. Now, I can't guarantee you that your pet will be there, but if it's a place of love, it's a big possibility. But I, what I want to share with you is in, in this about this hereafter. Because when you go downtown Austin, Texas, and if you've ever been down there, you probably noticed a lot of, quote, spirituality that's been down there. You're going to see uh, not just Christian spirituality, but a, a wide range of spiritualness. Some being holy, some being unholy. You're going to see New Age books for sale. You'll see crystals. And, and you really need to be careful about all that. You need to make sure you stay with the Holy Spirit. Can I get a good amen? But why are they doing this? Because they're searching for their spiritual side. Because we're made of a body. This is flesh. But we have a soul. We have emotions, don't we? Sure. And then we also have a spirit. And that spirit longs and searches for the things of eternity. So our series is called What's After ATX? What's After Austin, Texas? And what I want to start with, I want to show you a picture. It's in black and white, and hopefully we have that. Yeah, maybe some of you have seen a picture like this before. It's actually taken from the Oasis, you know, the restaurant, the Oasis, on Lake Travis. It's a beautiful, beautiful place to look out from the Oasis. And this black and white photo is actually a limited experience of the beauty that's there. In fact, it's much better in color. Let's look at it in color. Pretty cool, huh? It's beautiful out there. Now, what's even better than that is being there in the third dimension because black and white is like two-dimensional, but when you're in the third dimension and you're standing there in person and you see the mansions and you see the trees and you see the beautiful sparkling water... And the hills that surround you, there's nothing like being there, right? Versus even a picture. But when you're there, it's a different dimension. But there's also a fourth dimension, a dimension of time. And what I want you to do is think about maybe this flat black and white two-dimensional picture is merely a representation of a much bigger fourth dimensional experience. What if all of our experience in four dimension of life, all the love, all the beauty and wonder is really just a flat black and white representation of a fifth, sixth, or seven dimension to come called heaven. And this is what the Bible has been teaching us all along. And it it is in this understanding of heaven that It'll change the way we live, the way that we love, the way that we serve, and actually care for God's creation. So my hope in this series is that you will grow in faith, grow in faith, bringing heaven 
to earth. Remember the prayer, heaven and earth. More and more. Why? Because there's a bigger perspective that God wants us to see. In fact, God wants us to know he has prepared a place for us called heaven, right? He says, I will go and prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be there also. And, and I'm sure Justin Farrell, who just moved again, is thinking, I'm going to like it a move to heaven because I don't have to carry a U-Haul. I thought I'd get a good amen out of him on that one. We're happy for you, Justin. Congratulations on your new home. But we also have a new home that we haven't received yet. God has been preparing a place for us. So I'm, I want us to get ready, and I want uh, guys get ready to show this first video. I, w- I want you to listen to these credible and educated people who basically have nothing to gain by sharing their, their stories of a, a life after death experience, and yet when they clinically died, they were resuscitated, comes back to life, and they, they now share their stories. And let's take a listen to Beauty Beyond Words. Let's show this video. Things were more beautiful than I could ever imagine. It was past anything that I would believe that it would be like. The colors were so alive that the most beautiful day on earth is just a reflection of those colors. The greens were greener, the yellows, the golds, the blues, everything reminded me that earth is a reflection of heaven, but heaven is perfection. So one of the commonalities of near-death experiences is they experience beauty in new dimensions, vibrance of time and space. Flowers, trees, mountains, forests in colors more vibrant than we can imagine. And they are not limited in their experience of beauty like we are here. About 52% of people having a near-death experience describe beauty in this heavenly realm that is beyond anything on earth, things that are absolutely spectacular. It seemed like everything there was glad I was there. The trees were glad I was there. The flowers were glad I was there. The water was glad I was there. Everything was alive. There was nothing dead, and everything was intelligent. Everything was far more intense. The colors, the aromas, the flowers were such that I felt that I could not only see them, but I understood them. Gorgeous, beautiful, all of the adjectives, but it's beyond words. So I know it's easy to be skeptical, and, I, and that's why we want to add in the scriptures, because I want to show you some amazing things that God has revealed about heaven in the scripture. Uh, that, that Actually, the Bible has been telling us for some time. I, I want you to hear what John has to say about beauty in Revelation chapter 7, and starting with verse 9. It says, After this I looked, and people from every nation, tribe, People and language were wearing white robes and they were holding palm branches in their hands. So there's palm trees in heaven. He will lead them to springs of life-giving water. They're springs. He took me in the spirit to a great high mountain. So there's mountains. He showed me the holy city, Jerusalem. It shone with the glory of God. So there's mountains and there's cities. Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb 
and it flowed down the center of the main street. So there's streets. On each side of the river grew the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit. Trees and fruit. Now, if you believe your Bible, you have to believe this. Right? So, so what John is explaining, what he was seeing was far beyond what he had experienced before. And it's just like these near-death experiences, NDEs is what we will call them, NDEers, maybe we can call them that, um, speak of the same thing that the Bible spoke about. And what is amazing is some of the people that you saw on this last video were not believers of God. They were just average people that just believed when you died, that was it. But once they had this encounter, they became believers. It changed them. They were painting what the Bible speaks about, the building materials, about gold being transparent. It would be like us trying to explain a four-dimensional experience in flat black and white terms, like the picture that we saw. And, and even though some will be skeptical, I, I just want you to have an open mind and listen to doctors and nurses and professors who will explain this thing called heaven. And, and I know a lot of people say, well, where's the proof? Remember the, the Wendy's commercial about where's the beef? Well, where's the proof is what we want to find out. And, and the Bible is actually going to give us the proof that we need because we believe in the Bible and the Bible speaks about these things. And even science is telling us that there are hidden dimensions of space. So it, it shouldn't be that hard to think about heaven. And, and that's the first thing, I, I, if you're going to take notes, science is validating what the Bible actually says. You can see in medical journals um, such as the Lancet, uh, there are journals where doctors write about people who have these experience. So when these people, these NDEers, left their body, they still had a body. They could see their body as they began to float away from their physical, and they would travel to a place of great beauty. And sometimes they're right above their physical body, or maybe next to the ceiling, being resuscitated, and. And their observations, and, and when you read this book, th this will thrill you so much because they could see things in different levels of the hospital. And when doctors and nurses went to go check it out, they found out that it was true, the things that they saw. There was something about it that they just could not deny. There are over 900 scholarly articles by once skeptical doctors and professors, and they're written in these journals. And, and this is one of them, and I, I wanted to share this with you because I, I thought this one was really good. It says, there was a woman in England who, who died giving birth. She claimed she left her body floating to the top of the ceiling, looking down while they were trying to bring her back to life. She noticed, get this, a red sticker on the top side of the ceiling fan, ceiling side, then she travels to this place of great beauty where God tells her, your son is going to live. And she didn't even know she was going to have a, a boy. And was told, you must go back and take care of him. She becomes alive again and tries to tell the doctors and the nurses of this place that oh, more real than anything she ever experienced in her life. And they didn't believe her. And they said, oh, 
You know, it's just the drugs. You're hallucinating. But she kept on with this one nurse until she convinced this nurse to get someone to get a ladder and to go up to the top of the ceiling fan. And she said, go up there and look on the top side of the fan and see if there isn't a red sticker up there. And sure enough, there was. Pretty cool. You say, well, that's not proof. Well, the people that were there, that was proof enough for them. How did she know that? Except having that kind of experience. And the, and the Bible tells us there is a life to come. There is a place of beauty for the believers in Jesus Christ. And you also get a new body. Praise the Lord. With no pain, no aches, it's going to be awesome. And all the old people said, (laughs) 30-year-olds said, amen. That's awesome. Okay. Paul, who was a Pharisee, he possibly writes about a life after life experience. And I want to show you the scripture about this. The Pharisees were the ones that really wanted Christ first. And Paul He did not believe in Jesus at first. And yet he had an experience with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And there he experienced a blinding light. And a lot of these indie ears talk about seeing a light. And this is exactly what Paul encountered. A bright, bright light. And he came to realize it was Jesus And Paul went on to write much of the New Testament. Later, he could have had a near-death experience. Look at Acts chapter 13, starting with verse 19. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of town, thinking what? He was dead. But as the believers gathered around him, He got up and went back into the town. And that's the point. It is possible that he could have had this near-death experience. He later writes about that in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 2. I was caught up into a third heaven 14 years ago. Whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't know. Only God. But I do. Still, he had a body. And he said, but I do not, but I do know that I was caught up to paradise and heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words and things no human is allowed to tell. So let's, let's, let's look at some of these correlations between these indie ears and Paul. He had a body. But he didn't know if he was in his physical body or a different body. But he was still himself. He sees things that words can't even express. And he hears things that no one is allowed to tell. These indie ears say that they were given knowledge like all of their questions were answered. And I've told you time and time again, it is my belief, according to the scripture, that once you get to heaven, every question that you have... I think that's going to be the first thing. Oh, now I see. And, and this is what these individuals felt 
They were understood. They understood the questions of earth. And when they came back, even though there was understanding there, it was like they weren't allowed to tell it here. And this is exactly what Paul says. Look at 1 Corinthians 13 and 12. For now we only see a reflection. Now I then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Imagine the day when you are fully yourself, complete, no pain, no, no sorrow, no crying, no aches, and new powers and abilities that you can experience all that God has created in heaven. Another thing that I want to point out is their heightened senses. There were heightened senses. Look at 1 Corinthians 15 and 43. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. That word strength is dunamis. It means power. It's where we get the word dynamite. We are going to be raised how? Dynamite, for some of you old people. They are buried as natural bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. And these individuals that had these experiences, they say, we don't have just five senses when I explain in heaven. They said, it's more like 50 senses. It was hard for them to explain. They said they hugged. They, they could kiss loved ones. They, they laughed. John gives it an example in Revelation chapter 21, starting with verse 10. An angel took me in the spirit to a great high mountain. And he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem. So he's, he's looking at heaven. The wall of the city had 12 foundations of stone And on them were written the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So here's my question. According to the scripture, how could John be on a great high mountain, yet possibly miles away, yet read the names written on the foundation of stone? Unless his senses were heightened. Ooh, come on. Paul said, our bodies are raised in new powers of sight and smell. I want to show you this next video of what some of these individuals actually went through. Let's let's take another look. I was in this experience for what felt to me like many, many, many hours. But in fact, Enhanced. the entire thing was probably 30 minutes. My eyes were obviously completely enhanced, completely strengthened. It seemed like all my senses took on the other attributes of the senses. So even though I could hear it, it seemed like I could also see it with my hearing. People talk about how their experience on the other side is more lucid, more aware, more conscious, not just five senses. Some describe it as having 50 senses. It's fully alive like we've never imagined. It's as though somebody put a film over what we see here and then a film was removed and all of a sudden the brilliance is exposed 
In my survey, 74.4% reported heightened senses. They were actually able to see much more clearly than in earthly life. Even people with severely impaired vision or blindness were able to see with perfect vision in their near-death experience. You could see something infinitely far away as if it was right in front of me. I could see the trees and the flowers, and I could see every detail. I could see every individual blade of grass. In heaven, we can hear it all, take in it all, just like we can all the sights of heaven, the aromas of heaven, which are sweet and overwhelming. It's a buffet for the senses. It's a sensory explosion. You saw John Piper there at the end. He actually has nine revelation minutes in heaven. Maybe some of you have read this book. It's a good read. Also, A Divine Revelation of Heaven by Mary Baxter. Also a good book. If, but I, I really am wanting you to get this one first. Imagine Heaven, John Burke. And won't it be just so much fun exploring God's creation with new heightened senses and all the time in the world to enjoy it. It's going to be awesome. That's why I'm telling you, when you read this book and you begin to realize what, what God has prepared for us and the, and the new bodies. I'll have a new body, praise the Lord. I'll have a new life. Sorry. They said hours were like minutes. And so this is the next thing I want to share with you. Time works differently in heaven. Time works differently in heaven. Second Peter 3 and 8 says, A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. And that's exactly what these NDEers say. Some say there, it's like there's no time there. Another says, well, yes, there's time, but n- nobody's in a hurry. So it's kind of like it doesn't matter. I, I think that is so cool. Uh, they say that if you could travel the speed of light, this is what it says, if you could travel the speed of light, that time would stand still. Some of you have heard that before. Well, Jesus is light. Time stands still for him. He, he can go forwards or backwards. He can do anything he wants. And that's why he can hear you when you pray and someone across the world when they're praying as well. He's omnipresent. Also, distance is not the same in heaven. Uh, some, some of these individuals say that they could travel in an instant by a thought. They could travel slowly by floating or flying along. I know it, you, you want to be skeptical. I know it sounds crazy. But all these accounts, what, are they, what is the evidence pointing to? This is what I want to share with you about distance and and, and Jesus was crucified that first Easter. There were 500 eyewitnesses that claimed he was raised from the dead and appeared to them. And then there was one disciple who missed it. And he didn't get to see him at first. You know who it was? It was Thomas. That's right. Thomas didn't get to see him. And he didn't believe it. And he said, I'm not going to believe it until I stick my hand in Jesus' wound. Well, let's watch what happens in John chapter 20, verse 19. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors. Why did they do that? Because they were afraid for their life. They thought they were going to come and kill them. They were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, everybody say suddenly. Why don't you say it again? Suddenly, think about it. Behind locked doors, 
Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you. And I think that is so funny. They're scared to death. They think someone's going to kill them. They got the doors locked. And all of a sudden, an image appears and says, peace be with you. I love that. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. And put your hand in the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. So Jesus' body could appear, but it also could be solid. He was physical. They actually could touch him. He actually cooked breakfast for them and ate fish with them. He appeared behind locked doors. He could come and go. He could fly or float from their vision. So those are the kind of bodies that he is going to give us as well. Isn't that exciting? And here's the next point. Our new bodies will be supernatural. They're going to be supernatural. In two Acts 1 and 9, after saying this, Jesus was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. I know it sounds crazy, but the ND ears are verifying the same thing. They said our bodies were able to float. And I, I want to stop right there because when my wife and I lived in Austin, we actually lived on a street and it was a really cool name. It was called Singing Brook. It's a really cool street name. I like that. And the bedrooms upstairs and it was, it was one night when the Lord gave me an out-of-body experience as well. And I'll try to share it as much as I can. I I think I, I don't think I was dead. I, I just think the Lord just let me have that experience. And it was like the rapture had happened. And I was, I was just floating. I was laying back on my back in bed. But I could feel myself elevating. And I, I went past the ceiling. And I was able to float. And just wherever I wanted to go, I, I could just move. And I, I was above the trees at that point. And here's what I, I, I want to get. No, and I didn't see Jesus. I didn't see a light. Thank God. I mean, I might have said bye-bye. But, and, and that's not bad either. Heaven's going to be awesome. But my purpose wasn't done, evidently, because I, I I'm still here. And what I want to convey is the peace, the, the serenity I had, and I have never felt it again since that out of body experience that I had. And you just want to stay there forever, and you can't because your purpose isn't done. And and a lot of individuals were told you have to go back, just like the lady that was giving birth to the boy. Your son is being born. He's alive. He needs you, and. If heaven is anything like what I felt, just floating and and just perfect, perfect serenity and peace, I want to go. I want I want to go, because God tells us this stuff because there's hope for the life to come, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. He wants to take our FOMO, you know what FOMO is, fear of missing out, 
He wants to take that FOMO away from us. You know, some people think, well, I don't have one to do in this life. I, I'm, I, you know, you're only going to live 70 years, maybe 80, and I, I want to do what I want to do because I'm going to miss out if I don't do it. And God's like, that's living in a flat black and white world. There's so much more for you if you would just let God fill the vacuum that's inside of you. Can I get a good amen? Because it's a lie from the devil to think that you're going to miss out in life by not serving Jesus. He wants you to go where he's destined to go. And, and that, there's, one, there's one chapter about hell in here you need to put on your seatbelt when you read it. That's all I'm going to say because I don't want it, it's, to... It's crazy. It's crazy the things that people experience. But people also miss out on the joy of Jesus on this earth as well by not totally surrendering to him. Let go of the FOMO. Let's look at one last video. I want to show you uh, some more accounts of the afterlife. And I believe this will, will, uh, will extremely bless you. Let's watch it. He took my hand and we flew. It was like we had this wave of light under our feet. It was pushing us forward, and he was grinning from ear. Going down this incredible uh, airborne view, a descending, slowing down airborne view of the city of gold. And it's city. It's a city that's walled. Over the city were majestic mountains that were as gorgeous as any that could be ever seen. However, they did not look that different than earth i noticed snow so think about that snow what does that mean atmosphere temperature snow what's that all about i noticed flying birds later what does that mean uh, these are the kind of questions i ask yeah okay if a bird is to fly it can't be a vacuum i'm floating is what i would call it uh, i could see the townships as i call them homes that people lived in homes that were likely to be created for the people of heaven. Interestingly enough, they struck me by not so much the size as the architecture. I know nothing about architecture mm. at all. I still don't. But uh, I recognized that there was something divine about the architecture of the buildings. There were small, what we would call like uh, condos here, there were single-family residences that we would call here. There were all the other palaces, and I could see that. But and this like, is all inside the wall. On the other around. side of the wall, I saw none of this. And how big is this city? I mean, can you tell? I could not tell, other than it was beyond the horizon, both directions. There's countryside inside, so that it's a, it's gorgeous, beautiful. All of the adjectives times. A thousand. Pretty incredible. <laughs> I know that some of you are like, well, I still don't believe. But God gave us the promises of this life to come so that we wouldn't fear about missing out in this life. You know that this life is just merely a test. It, it's just a vapor, the Bible says, and it prepares us for our eternal living somewhere and that somewhere is all dependent upon us where do we want to spend it 
And, and I, I want to give you this last point. Even the blind could see when they went to heaven. Um, in, in the book, there was an eight-year-old boy. His name was Brad. And he says, I was walking up this field. I was so renewed, I wanted to stay forever. The weather was perfect. And of course, blind people would miss something like that. He said, there was tremendous light there. And it seemed to come from every direction. And get this, he said, even the grass I was stepping on seemed to soak in that light. Another lady who was blind, Vicky, she says, the light was something you could feel and see. And everybody there was made of light. Well, Jesus said in Matthew 13, 43, the righteous will shine like the sun in their father's kingdom. That is awesome. Vicki says, what I noticed, what the light conveyed was love. Light and love together. It was like love and light came out of the grass. It came out of the birds. It came out of the trees. It was incredible, really beautiful. So my question is, how did these blind people come to, first of all, to describe light shining out of everything when they have been told their entire life that light shines down on everything? Interesting. Yet they actually describe what a Jewish prophet wrote in 780 B.C. Isaiah chapter 4 and verse 16. You will know at last that I, the Lord, am your Savior. No longer will you need the sun to shine by day, nor the moon to give its light by night. Get this. For the Lord your God will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. And John sees the same thing in Revelation 21, verse 23. The city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb, which is Jesus Christ, is its light. The nations will walk in its light. And blind people explain the exact same thing The light of heaven is the glory of God, and it lights up everything. Plus, can you imagine the colors of heaven? We see color because of the sun that shines on earth. But what is heaven going to be like when the sun of God is shining and begins to see color that we've never imagined before? That I want to steal a little bit of thunder right now. Some of the paintings that some people have have had, you know, Jesus and and but there was two kids who had out of body experiences. And one was the girl who was the artist and one was the boy that recognized that that was the man that Jesus saw. But this painting. Get this. This painting has Jesus with blue eyes. Blue eyes. Now, you would think as a Jew that he would have brown eyes. But the studies have shown that the people that came out of Galilee could have blue eyes as well. 
historically. <laughs> and when they saw Jesus, well, this little boy who went to heaven came back. Some of you know his story. Uh, he saw his dad being mad at God. He saw his mom crying. But he said Jesus, he ran to Jesus and Jesus hugged him. And, and, and he said it, it was just incredible. And so his dad was showing him pictures of Jesus. And no, that's not him. That's not who I saw. But when he saw the picture of the girl that painted Jesus, her experience with Jesus with the blue eyes, he said, that's who I saw. And I began to think about it. How many has or have had a gas stove? The Bible talks about the eyes of the gas being flames of fire. Have you ever noticed that the flame on your gas stove is actually the color blue? Just something to think about. I got chills all over my body. I love this. The colors coming from the Son of God. It's going to be far beyond what we could even explain. So I'm going to close with this idea. The light of heaven is the glory of God. What are we going to do with all this knowledge? When Jesus taught us to pray, he said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done. Where? On earth. How? As it is in heaven, right? So how do, how do we bring heaven to earth? Well, you pray for John Legend and his wife. You pray for your president because that's what the Bible says to do. What are some practical things to do? First of all, trust God's goodness. That's number one. Can I get a good amen? When you see the good things of earth, they're only a tiny part of the goodness of God that's yet to come. So trust his goodness. The next thing I think we should do is care for creation. In Genesis chapter 1, God gave us stewardship over the earth. Uh, and by the way, the earth, Adam had a job before the fall. He tended the earth. Learning about heaven shouldn't make us want to trash earth. We should do our best to, to enjoy and care for what God has given to us. And the third thing, and especially during the times of COVID, give grace more. Give grace more. Because life on earth at times can be difficult, can it? It can be difficult. And Romans 8 talks about the suffering now is nothing compared to the glory that will be revealed to us later. So let your prayer be, God, give me more grace for my children. God, give me more grace for my family. God, give me more grace. And, and the last thing I would share with you, and I, I think this is so awesome, create beauty. Create beauty. Uh, our mission statement here is love God, love people, make a difference in the world. And I, I love... I loved hearing all of the cars honking their horns for medical teams. That's creating beauty. Saying, thank you. I think that's pretty awesome, don't you? It's nice to be appreciated, especially when you're, you've, you've got garb on you. <laughs> you're covered from head to toe, and you're working long hours. You should do. Another thing that I think that we should do during this time is stay connected. We, we need to stay connected. I know our ladies have a Zoom call right now on Monday evenings. 
And if you want more information about that, you can go, uh, uh, you can see my wife, you can uh, go online and, and get more information about it. Also, we're going to have a men's breakfast October 24th, 8 a.m. Uh, we're going to social distance ourselves from each other, but we're going to have breakfast. Is that pretty cool? And no, I'm not going to ask you to work. We're just going to have fellowship because we've been so separated for so long. And, and guys, we need to get together and we just need to have fellowship again. And that's October the 24th, 8 a.m. It's going to be free. If you're new to Life Church and you want to know more about us, we have LifeTrack classes available. Uh, all you have to do is sign up on the uh, communication card that I showed earlier that I can't see at the moment. Here it is. You can fill out this card and let us know that you want to take one of those classes. Um, and if you if you feel apprehensive, uh, just let us know. Uh, maybe we can send you a video. Uh, just sign up. I know some of you, uh, and right now, you're, you're so disconnected, but this is why we have small groups. And right now, small groups have been meeting virtually. So, and I appreciate Robert and Bonnie telling me how they had just a great time. Uh, a couple Friday was it Friday night? I believe it was that uh, for their small group, stay connected, create beauty. And we're, we're getting ready to uh, show love to different people such as soldiers and policemen and EMTs, all of the uh, all of the people who help make life a better place and we want to celebrate them and do uh, show them our appreciation as well and you say well all of this is nice and good but I'm not sure I'm ready to meet Jesus. And if that's you today, it's just real simple. You just talk to him. He loves you. In fact, he loved you to death. He went to Calvary and he died on a cross, but he rose again. And that same power that wrote Jesus from the dead can be our power as well. It's real simple. Just ask him, Say, Lord, forgive me of my sin and not to. Uh, I've done some wrong things, but I'm determined not to do that anymore. That, that's true repentance. That's a mind change. A turnabout face going a different direction. And just letting the Lord know, God, I want all that you have for me. Baptize me with your Holy Spirit. Let me be renewed by your presence. Give me the power. Give me that experience that Joel, the prophet Joel talked about, that Peter talked about in the book of Acts, that we 